You start to realize that men reward pr promiscuity. They reward toxicity. They reward uh, um, non-traditional values, but then they claim they want a good woman. And then you're like, this is strange. What do they actually, what they're saying and what they're doing is different. Look at what they're saying. They want good traditional women, but look at what they're investing in. They look and they're investing in the woman with her entire body out. God, and it's, and the other, the other things men will say is, I want a natural woman, no makeup. But you see who they're following on Instagram. I literally can't wait for this. I have so many notes. Oh, amazing. So, uh, Sadia Khan, thank you for coming on to the podcast. You are the first I'm female. I'm super guest. privileged about that, by the way. Yeah. I don't know how I cut the queue, but I'm very grateful. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. You actually reached out. I so. did. And I thought you would never reply to me. I was like, there's no way he's going to see it. And you actually replied to me. I'm really grateful. So thank you for that. Well, this is, this is a much needed conversation because for you guys who watched the previous episode, mm -hmm. that was with Fresh and Fit. Uh-huh. We were discussing his book, Uh-huh. Why Women Deserve Less. Jeez. Heard you a big fan of that book? <laughs> um, I actually wanted to get on a, a conversation with him, but I'm actually glad we did it this way, better. Mm -hmm. I, I actually think it's really good to speak to somebody who's just heard like two sides of the coin and then we can have a more neutral discussion, which I'm really excited about. So thank you for reaching out. I really appreciate it. So could you give everybody a, a brief background of what it is that you do? Yeah, I'm a psychologist. I'm based here in, uh, in Dubai, but I go back and forth from London to uh, Dubai all the time. Uh, I do one-to-one -one online coaching um, with clients mainly to do with trauma, but it, it, online I do a lot of relationship coaching and a lot of relationship counselling. So I'm actually a psychologist, but um, and I'm, I specialise in childhood trauma. As but I, it translates better online when I do relationship uh, kind of advice. And it's, it's kind more of, interesting. It's far more interesting. Yes, Everybody yeah. clicks when they want when some when there's a video that says why men cheat or why women cheat, mm -hmm. but no one clicks when they say why you know why do you get anxious? They don't really care about that. So yeah. what happened is I started doing more relationship kind of uh, coaching, and it kind of took off on social media a bit from there and now I just kind of try and join podcasts and try and just get a message out there about mm -hmm. how to have more healthy relationships. So did you did you go to university? Yeah, yeah. I did a university masters everything in the UK. I became a psychology teacher for a while and like? uh, yeah, um great in London. I really enjoyed it in London because the kids are really raw and they're really energetic and they teach you so much. They keep you young. Have you ever worked with kids or anything? No, oh, not that often. They're yeah. really good fun because they keep you young. But in Dubai, I just felt a little bit like uh, they're so well set up in life. They've got their mm. nannies, they've got their chefs. They're they're good to go. They don't need you as much. So I felt like maybe my services would be better if I do it online and reach the people that may not be able to afford therapy. But then we offer them a form of therapy online. So mm -hmm. I thought maybe that would be a better route. So just kind of went more towards doing online stuff. Nice. Yeah. So are you are you pretty busy? No, I live a great life. I'm usually on JBL. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, are, you, are you busy with uh, busy business? With a lot of people come and ask you know for help. Are? I'm very grateful. I have, I have a really good... Do you know what the good thing is? My message isn't for everybody. So what happens is the clients that come to me really want the same goal, which is how do we create a healthy relationship dynamic? And how do we be become good parents to children? So what happens is I, I don't appeal to everybody. I'm totally okay with that. But the clients I do appeal to, we're a good fit. So I'm nice and busy, but I also... I, I get more freedom with my time now. Now I select when I see these clients and then mm. I get to uh, enjoy a bit of Dubai life as well. Whereas before I was just work, work, work. Now it's a good balance. Do you find that you get a bit of a balance or are you just work, work mode? No, I've, I've definitely got a balance. It's I mean, nice, I've kind of created it? this lifestyle for myself mm -hmm. where I can pick and choose when I work. Yeah. And I go through phases where I will work a lot. Yeah. 
But then I'm like, you know what? I want a bit of time off. So then I just... And is there times where you just have like a holiday and just time off? Or is oh, yeah, it yeah. Like, Oh, that's good. Well, there was a period when I was in my late 20s, early 30s where yeah. I probably did too much of that. Okay. So, so that's now... why we come back and start the podcast <laughs> yeah. and we're, we're grinding. But the, you know what? When you live in Dubai, life feels like a bit of a holiday. So you don't mm-hmm. crave that kind of break from work as much as you used to, like in the UK. Yeah. So Well, I mean, I, I can literally just go downstairs to yeah. the beach for an hour and then just come back I don't back know up. if they... Can they see your view from your place? They... You're missing they, out. They can't right now, but They're, I think they've, guys, they've seen it before. You need to see it. It's incredible. So you're, you're yeah, you've got it good. You've got it not too bad, I have to say. It's amazing in here, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can't complain. So um, I think it's safe to say in today's modern society, mm-hmm. the whole dating and relationship scene is uh, trickier than it used to be. Um, it's unhealthy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I was doing something recently where I was just talking about how current dating is just practicing for divorce. We have very little uh, kind of ethics and cultures that create a long-lasting marriage, and we're teaching people exactly how to get divorced, how to have short-term connections, how to move on quickly, how to break up and then start again, how to have very little attention and patience. So we're creating an environment and a culture where we have perfect candidates for divorce. Unfortunately, why do you think? That- do you think it's largely due to social media? Uh, I think it's massively had a huge impact because more so than anything, it's um, reduced our desire to invest in people. Everybody mm-hmm. seems disposable. You can quickly send a message to somebody else. You can quickly move on. You can quickly post a picture and new people will come into your DMs. So there is no motivation to make things work when they get tricky. Mm-hmm. So that's why and social media hasn't been ideal for relationships. I feel like back in the day, there was more of a motivation to actually put in some effort to make a relationship yeah, work. Absolutely. Whereas now, it's like you said, it's very disposable. Yes. And even I, I've experienced it myself. Yeah. Like if there's been times where I've got into arguments yeah. and I'm like, do you know what? Screw this. Like, <laughs> bye. I'll, yeah. like, I'll move on to the next. Yeah. But that's not a healthy way to look at it. But the thing is, what it's done is given everybody alternatives. So the average person now has alternatives if they have social media or if they have a Tinder account or whatever it is. Whereas before, the lack of alternatives makes you invest. Now, there's so many alternatives that there is no desire to invest anymore, unfortunately. What do you think of this quote? I asked Myron about this. He actually quoted it in his book. <sighs> Most women want to get married and have children. Mm-hmm. Very few want to be wives and mothers. I understand where he's coming from with that. I do mm-hmm. understand where he's coming from. It's not his from. quote, but it's, it's a quote he used. Okay, yeah. I, I understand where the person is coming from that with. In my experience of working with, um, you know, clients and couples, um, wives and mothers uh, involves being quite nurturing. And it's a selfless role. When you become a mother, you realize that, you know, the crying baby doesn't care if you're hungry, tired, sleeping. You, it's an automatic selfless role. And in this hedonistic society where there's so much pleasure available, being selfless, is becoming a dying trait. So I do think, yeah, I, I understand. It is a, it's, I don't think people understand the level of selflessness that it takes to maintain a healthy marriage and children. And they almost expect faithfulness, loyalty. They expect the marriage to work because that's what it used to be. But now the, we have to work on it, unfortunately. It's not going to come effortlessly and that requires selflessness. What, um, what would you say you are? Would you say you're the type of person right mm-hmm. now who's you're completely focused on your career Mm -hmm. and you're kind of, you want that family life, you want to be a mother, but you're not ready for it right now. No, I would say I'm always ready. But the thing is, I'm also a difficult person. 
Uh, I'm a very difficult person. I'm not the easiest. I'm quite like, uh, I see red flags and everything. So I can't just think like, even with kids, I'm like, oh, we can just do this. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, but that's not safe for them. That's not good for them. That's not this. So my head is, it's part of You're being, looking at the... Unfortunately, everything is a problem. Everything is, even just taking the kids like here, there and everywhere, my brain goes to that can affect them. That can be a bad thing. So unfortunately, it's, uh, it, it does make it difficult. Knowing too much is difficult. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately. And I guess Dubai is a very unique place, although mm. it has its similarities to a lot of yeah. major cities around the world. Dubai is it's fascinating. It's very fa- it's it's an incredible learning curve when you're mm-hmm. watching how couples evolve in Dubai. There's very unique problems in Dubai. How, how how long have you been here for? Two and a half years. Yeah, and um, the what I find in Dubai is the only city in the world where the women run circles on the men without the men having a clue. Mm. It's the only city in the world. Every other city is the men that are a bit of oh, you know, the men are annoying or this, that, and the other. This is the only city in the world where the women are running circles on the men and they have no idea. What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is there are women out here who've got their house paid for, their rent paid for, they've got their car and they've got an allowance and they're using that money to go on dates with their boyfriend mm. while their husband's at work. And he uh, thinks the, he's smart. Yeah, these mm. are these are the local women, by no, the way. No, these, never <laughs> local. Never local. These are these some are, of the women that have come from... These are people uh, yeah, that come from... Yeah, places. That's it. That's what, they, that's they come true. here, they're on, they're on yeah. a mission. They're on a mission. Unless, they but, know They know how to finesse men. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but they're so finessable. The guys are the problem here. Mm. The women are not the problem. We've got to remember that there's a reason why um, jobless women come here because they find men dumb enough to invest all their hard work and energy into a woman simply because she's 20 years younger or simply mm. because she's his type physically or simply because she's a yoga instructor. It's It would be stupid of them not to take advantage of that. The men have lost their ability to see straight when it comes to the women here and they go for trouble they look for trouble there'll be a good wholesome woman and there'll be a woman with all the red flags in the world and they zoom in on that woman yeah as we all know yeah i've definitely been there i've learned i've learned from my mistakes (laughs) and um yeah when when i see red flags now i know I either swerve it completely or yeah. I know what I'm getting myself into. Yeah, that's I think it that's is. it's very important. When that's, if you are dating in Dubai, yeah. You you just need to understand what you could potentially be getting. That's into. what the thing is. They think that because they're rich and they provide for her, she's not going to go anywhere. What they don't know is the women in Dubai, you are one of 50 rich men they know. Mm-hmm. They know 50 millionaires. They know 50 men in that industry. So if you think your money is going to keep her, you're, you're deluded, unfortunately. Your competition isn't other men. Your competition is what she's out here for, mm-hmm. her goal. And if her goal is simply to collect, there's no. it doesn't matter. If you're the best man in the room, you're going to get finessed. It's interesting because I, I always try and figure out why is it that a, a woman has gone down this route? Why mm-hmm. is she taking this path? There's there's these uh, you know choices which they make which kind of require the mm. least amount of work. Yeah, they will obviously most likely have to sacrifice quite a, li- mm-hmm. a, a lot of self respect and their yeah. pride in order to achieve what it is that they want to achieve but why is that happening i think what i've noticed is that there's no reward in being a traditional good woman anymore if you are a traditional woman who's got no 
you know, pictures on Instagram, who isn't going out all day, every day, who isn't sleeping around and isn't getting lots of surgery and mm-hmm. not putting on loads and loads of makeup and you're a simple, just a traditional woman, uh, there's no reward in that. You will never find a date. Mm-hmm. You'll never find a man that says, here, let me take you out. Here, let me do this. Whereas if you are the most promiscuous, provocative, dangerous woman, your DMs are endless mm-hmm. and you are booked every single day of the week and you get to choose which country you want to fly out to. So humans are going to look at where's the most reward mm-hmm. and they're going to lean towards whatever's the easiest and most rewarding and prof- profitable, unfortunately. It's a shame because I, it is a shame. I, I'm, I'm doing this podcast and I want it to be fairly even in mm-hmm. terms of like the male guests and the female guests. Yeah. So I'm actively looking for female guests, mm-hmm. but I know lots of women who have built up a large following. Yeah. But how they've done that is by usually ex- exposing themselves. Yeah, it's questionable. So it's 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 difficult to find women out there who yeah. are you know they they have a a decent job. They're yeah. hardworking. Mm-hmm. There's someone who other women would sort of respect. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not easy. impossible because, uh, and that's what makes it difficult for women who aren't along those lines because they're thinking, I don't know, especially when you look on social media, they're thinking, I don't, I've never, my guy's never bought me a handbag. My husband's never taken me to these nice places. My guy's never done that. And then you take a woman who's incredibly promiscuous online and whatever she wants in life, she gets to get. So mm-hmm. you start to realize that men reward promiscuity they reward toxicity they reward uh, um, non-traditional values but then they claim they want a good woman and then you're like this is strange what do they actually what they're saying and what they're doing is different look at what they're saying they want good traditional women but look at what they're investing in mm. they look and they're investing in the woman with her entire body out got and it's and the other things men will say is i want a natural woman no makeup but you see who they're following on instagram it's nothing but surgeries, surgeries, fillers, this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, you're saying this, but mm. what are you actually investing your time and energy into and your resources into? Would you know, I, I was doing some research before yeah. this podcast, uh-huh. looking at your Instagram page and uh-huh. like the, the interview you did with uh, Tam and Tate. Yes. Yeah. And it actually made me think, oh, who, who, who am I, I following? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I know there's, there's definitely some accounts which, um, questionable accounts of course. and then I, I realized like well i'm a part of the problem because i'm by following them you're giving them, I'm the supporting them success in a, in a weird way well it's not in a weird way it's in a direct way not just mm. you but it's everybody like if i learn that if i just post a picture of my cooking and if i post a picture of like me just teaching my kids something <laughs> no one's rewarding that but if i post a picture of my me in my bikini and i get ten thousand followers and i get brand deals as a result of that and i get free clothes and i get free makeup we're looking at the women but really women are the supply the demand is who who are they going going towards the mm-hmm. men are investing in only there's men out there that will pay 10 grand for a picture of a woman's feet yeah and there's another woman who's thinking okay i can go to university study and then you know do something or another girl can post a picture of her feet and then make that same money in a day and then we're, we're gonna think what's what are young impressionable women who don't have father figures or don't have people that are supporting them at home where are they going to go I haven't, uh, this was an interesting scenario mm-hmm. when i was in bali mm-hmm. i got speaking to a I think she was she was either Filipino or she was from Indi- I think she was from Indonesia. Mm-hmm. So it's a relatively poor country. Right. So she came from an extremely poor mm-hmm. family and there was really no hope for her. There right. was no the education was poor. Yeah. There was she couldn't get any kind of a job. Yeah. 
pretty girl. Yeah. She decided to start OnlyFans. Okay. Now she became very successful on that. Mm-hmm. Has made huge amounts of money. Right. Still making a lot of money. Right. And she's actually been able to take her entire family out of poverty. Yeah. She's so changed the generation for herself. This is kind of weird because I, I always had this view of OnlyFans girls mm-hmm. and it usually wasn't like yeah. the best. Yeah, they just want a bag or something but like that. But when I think of these these individuals who are not coming from the, mm-hmm. the most affluent of backgrounds, yeah. when they are actually using that money to support their family, I'm thinking, oh. Yeah. And there was... Maybe there was no other way she could have done that. But that's the thing. Like, if you take a girl who's suffering in Bali or Indonesia and she asks somebody to help me and my dad, we're living in a in a really poor conditions, men will say, no, that's your problem. Mm-hmm. But if she says, I'll have sex with you or I'll sell a picture of me naked, he'll be like, okay, how much do you need? Mm-hmm. Now, when men are doing, are rewarding promiscuity, what do you expect the women to mm-hmm. do? What do you expect them to do? And we've got all these issues about women are no longer traditional, women are this, women are that. I'm not saying that they're not, but why are we rewarding that so much? And what do you expect somebody who's poor and hasn't got like a financial stable home or hasn't got father figure, mother figure? She's looking online and seeing what men like. Women go towards what men like. Mm -hmm. We do, whether we like it or not. We are dictated by male preferences. That's why our hair color will change. You know, the surgeries will change based on what men like. The men will watch a lot of porn, have a preference women become that that's what Mm -hmm. society looks like now and then they're just mad at the girl but they're mad at the very girl that they're following every day on instagram and liking and dming (laughs) it it baffles me because i i find out how much money they're making i'm like who are these guys that are paying (laughs) for that these guys let's let's imagine imagine a scenario where Mm. they snapped out of it yeah and then they stop. All men just stop yeah. their OnlyFans subscriptions. Yeah. What would happen then? Yeah. What would? But then we are encouraging society would generally be gener- better, wouldn't it? They're the source. Yeah. Like it's like you can blame the drug dealer, but they wouldn't have a market if there was no drug addicts. And the reality is, who looks more stupid, the drug dealer or the drug addict? The drug dealer can then clean out his money and live a great life. The drug addict is the one who's living with shame, guilt, embarrassment, a, a less fulfilling life. Same thing as these men that follow the women or invest in OnlyFans the woman is clearing up but you're the one that's still there like a loser not learning how to talk to women in real life not learning how to invest in women in real life you're the idiot not her so we need to stop blaming the OnlyFans girls and be like you're the trash but really the trash is the person that's subscribing that's the issue well I believe anyway what do you think I think it's the problem I feel like I I have never paid for any subscription, yeah. any picture, anything, any escort, nothing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in a sense, I'm doing my part. Yeah. Maybe I could definitely be doing better <laughs> with who I'm following, it, but it's improving and I'm pretty sure after this <laughs> podcast, I'm going to be doing a cleanse because everyone's going to be looking at who yeah, I'm following after. Yeah, but it just, it's natural. Who wouldn't want to follow a stunning, beautiful girl? I get it. And I'm, and I'm, I could argue that the women should stop posting that. Mm. But the reality is there's no negative consequences to posting badly. Mm-hmm. There's no, before, like I, I've said before, when, if I was a woman posting provocative pictures, I would know that there's going to be men who would judge me and never want to be with me. Now there's men queuing up to be mm. with that girl and they see it as a prize. Like, oh my God, your girl's so hot, blah, blah, blah. She's got her body done and she's on Instagram. They see it as a prize they don't see it as a bad thing so there's no negative consequences from being promiscuous as a woman anymore because the men don't mind they actually encourage it so who's i don't know maybe it's a chicken and egg maybe it's a both thing but we can't blame one or the other so speaking of promiscuity yeah and body count Mm -hmm. 
do you think it matters? What are your thoughts? Okay, so a woman's got a high body count. Yeah. Do you think that's an issue? I think it's no more of an issue than when a man has a body count. That's really? really high. Absolutely. Okay, so that's, that's, that's quite debatable. Yeah. I, I, I would... So I would say if a man's got a high body count, yeah. obviously the woman's probably not going to be too happy with that. Mm. But from that, the man's going to gain a lot of experience. Yeah. He may even potentially get quite a lot of whatever it is out of his system. Yeah. Because if a man, let's say, for example, if he if he gets married very early, he's only been with one or two women. Mm-hmm. When he gets to 30s, mid-30s, maybe he's going to start thinking, oh, you know, mm. I didn't really have that period of time where I could just go on a bit of a mad one. Yeah. I feel like everyone has a hoe phase, right. both males and females. Yeah. A lot of them. So, and so... Uh, that... So, so I, I think... I mean, it's if you if you're talking about like in the hundreds or thousands, mm-hmm. okay, that's probably a red flag. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's an amount where I feel like uh, it's almost a necessity mm-hmm. for a man to have a great understanding of different women. Yeah, and even just how to to be in the bedroom. Well, I, I was talking about, about this quite recently and he, I always say it's bad for both, but worse for men. And I'll tell you why. Worse for, worse for men, I'll tell you why. Because this is what happens. When you have a high body count, men, man or woman, you have to, have to drop your standards in order to have a high body count, either in the women that you're investing in or the treatment you're getting. I think it depends who you are. It depends who you are. But the reality is, even if you're, the, even if you're Leonardo DiCaprio or whatever it is, you have to choose a woman who's very, promiscuous for her to be okay with one night stands mm. so what's happening is you're now getting used to women who are calling their boyfriend saying babe i'll be home in 10 minutes while she's in your bed you're getting used to women who are like uh sleeping with you and then going off to sleep with your friend the next day you are getting used to women who don't even reply and don't care if you have like see them again or not mm. you are getting used to such low quality women that when you meet a girl who's also low quality but she's slightly above the usual promiscuous hoe that you're used to you start glorifying her and thinking she's amazing Mm -hmm. because your comparison level has dropped so low you are so used to that woman that has nude pictures online that or the one that's cheating on her boyfriend to sleep with you or the one that is um just sleeping with you and your friends you're so used to such a low level of woman you no longer have the skills and tools required required to speak to communicate or be with a wholesome good Mm. woman that can maintain a marriage you are now going to attract another broken person because you are your standards have dropped. And the other thing that I would say is when you sleep around, there is no way you can sleep around and so many people and not feel some level of shame and guilt because there's always that girl that you meet and then in the morning you're like, oh, please go away. There's always that, no matter what. So when you get that level of shame and guilt, the only way to feel better about yourself is to start saying, well, it's only sex, it doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter if she was a bit shit, so it's only mm-hmm. sex. When you start having that attitude, it's only sex and minimizing the importance of sex, there is no way you can nurture that in a long-lasting monogamous relationship. You'll think it's only sex, so you can have it outside of the relationship. You'll be more uh, polygamous. So wh- whereas um, for women, it's not good either. I'm not saying it's a good thing for women, but men risk pregnancies. Yeah. Women can get rid of a baby. They have a, let's say a woman doesn't want to be with you. She has a baby. She gets pregnant. She gets rid of it that day. Mm-hmm. But say so the average woman, if she gets pregnant with Mike fucking Thurston, she's keeping it. Mm-hmm. And you have no say in that. Mm-hmm. And now you're either stuck with this woman for the rest of your life, like to some degree, or you think, I'm not dealing with this. That's your problem. I'll pay for it, but I don't want anything to do with it. But your child is now being raised in the hands of a man that you don't know or respect by a woman you don't know or respect. Mm-hmm. It's a big risk for a man. You've got to, you've got, to, and all because you want to be more skilled in the bedroom. 
it's not worth it. It's really not worth yeah. it. I think I, I would definitely say if you are used to sleeping with lots of different women, mm-hmm. it's harder for you to settle down with just one. It's because harder, then yeah. after a while, you will more than likely start to miss the days when you were sleeping around. You, you miss novelty. Mm-hmm. You just miss novelty. It's not that you enjoy sleeping around. There's not, I mean, how sex is sex. What, how great can it be? But it's difference, difference, new, 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 new. Men are designed to like novelty. Now, when you've done that so many times, to then be with one person for the rest of your life becomes almost impossible. Mm-hmm. And so what you do is you start minimizing the how good monogamy is. You're like, oh, that sounds boring. But the reality is children need it. Children need it. Your parents need it. They like to see that you're monogamous in a relationship. Your children are being raised well. But And also the other thing is people think that high body count means good in bed. Actually, men that have two or three good long-term relationships know a woman's body better than men who sleep around lots of one-night stands. Mm-hmm. Because the one-night stand guy that's had a thousand bodies is just learning how what makes him feel good. But, but it the, depends if that woman didn't unlock that man's... Like, but usually, peak. women he's in a relationship do that with better than mm-hmm. the one night stand. She's talking a man that's a one night stand with a girl he doesn't respect. He's like, I'm not, I don't need to give you the best night. I just need to, and then you can go. Mm-hmm. But when you are in a long term committed relationship, you invest time and energy to be pleasing and satisfying. Mm-hmm. So it's actually not linked to satisfaction. Men that come out of long term relationships with maybe a few partners tend to be better than ones that have been a thousand one night stands mm-hmm. because they learn the skills and etiquettes it takes to create intimacy. Well, I think it's also interesting when it comes to female body count. Obviously, I'm not a fan of high female body count. Mm-hmm. But let's say, for example, if she has been with uh, extremely highly successful men mm-hmm. in that top 1%, mm-hmm. then it wouldn't bother me as much in comparison to if she'd just been sleeping around with a load of losers. What, uh, why is that? I, I understand, but because why do you she's, think she's got standards. She's got standards. And she she's obviously smart and has mm-hmm. an ability to be worthy of dating or being with those top but do you think high value top percentage men actually choose wisely i have a theory Mm. that high value top percentage men are more likely to be cheated on really yeah than the average joe because here's the difference somebody like let's take the two reasons firstly they choose badly to begin with like let's take i'm not saying you do this but somebody like you if you wanted to there's not a woman that you couldn't dm that wouldn't reply read it there is very few women that wouldn't mm-hmm. that would leave you on the scene. So you have the pick of the world. You're not like the average Jimmy in his mum's basement who can only talk to Janet in HR. You can talk to whoever you want. Now, when you can talk to whoever you want, you are going to pick the most out there woman. You're not going <laughs> to pick yeah. Caitlin in Starbucks. You are going to no, pick I, I, bad bitch. But be, because yeah. of my dating experience, I'm 32 years old now. Yeah. I've made mistakes and I've learned from them. Maybe. But like I, literally now, if I'm looking mm-hmm. to date or I'm looking to really settle down, yeah. I know exactly the type of girl. Perhaps, I want to look- but majority of the time, you are going to find it difficult to be with um, Kathy from Starbucks when you are used to uh, a girl with 10 no, million no, no, followers. No, 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 because I, th- that comes with so much headache. But the majority of high value men don't, uh, are, because you can pick who you want, who is going to go for plain Jane when he can have his dream girl? 
You what, can have what? your dream girl as a high, like if you're a top. Yeah, but I don't think my man, dream girl is maybe, someone. Yeah. She's not an influencer. She's not. Perhaps girl. not for you now, but majority of really successful, good-looking yeah, men, they, they, they can choose their dream girl head to toe. They're not going to settle for the average discreet woman. They're going to choose their dream girl. That dream girl comes with a different set of problems. Mm-hmm. She's not just your dream girl. She's everybody's dream girl. And that girl is more likely to know 10 of you. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know just one high value man. She knows 10. So what happens is their selection process is damaged. They choose the sexiest girl thinking that because they're so high value, she's going to be with me. And therefore she's going to be loyal. Well, a lot of men will do that for status as well because they want to be seen yeah. with that top woman. They want to be seen with that. So these rich men will choose that type of girl and think she's going to submit and be loyal to them, but not knowing that that girl, she's got 10 of you in her DMs. Mm-hmm. And she's also, she's got your attention because she's provocative and promiscuous. So she's, those values haven't changed in her just because she's met you so you're 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 thinking oh she's with me she's going to change you're not ignoring that she comes with a culture mm-hmm. a culture of i use my body to get men to do whatever they want for me you're not going to be the one and only so what happens is uh, these rich men because of their selection process they're actually more likely to be cheated on and because they also have this false sense of security they think where is she going to find another me yeah. and the reality is your competition is not other men your competition is her traumas well, do you know as well they're probably too <laughs> busy with their work they're not they're properly they're, pleasing they're the woman. so with really high value men they're so um naive about women because they think you're not going to get any better than me but women don't want better they want what they're used to mm-hmm. so if you meet a woman whose dad was an alcoholic or a dad was abusive or didn't grow up with a father figure she will have a high value rich man who treats her really well and cheat with her toxic pt mm-hmm. in the back of his her, uh, nissan Mm. And you're thinking, but you've got a rich billionaire, but she's like, I want that chaos. Mm-hmm. So your your competition is never other men. Your competition is her values and her culture. And when you pick a woman who is the dream girl, her values and cultures are not monogamous. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, so they actually, whereas the average guy who can't choose those women is going to pick an average girl who isn't as uh, swamped with options. He's less likely to be cheated on. Would you agree that... Uh a man who is extremely attractive and a woman who is extremely attractive, mm-hmm. when they get together, it's just going to be problems. Um, because the man might be insecure and jealous and the, same, the woman might be the same. It can work really well if they have no kind of concerns and they're happy to lock off all alternatives. We always match better with people who are equal to us. Always. Looks wise, finances right, are equal. We always match better and they, it's called the matching hypothesis. You actually last longer. The problem is these people tend to have too many alternatives. When problems arise, there's so many alternatives and it doesn't even have to be other men or other women. It can be like, I'm going to go on holiday with my friends. I'm going to... Whereas when you meet people with very little options, you take the average person, you know, when you go back to Leeds and you see couples that have been together for 20, 30 years since you were in high school mm. and they're still together. But if you look at their options, it's less. They're actually more satisfied. So the less options you have, the more invested and satisfied you are in your relationship. So it's actually, unfortunately, more options doesn't mean more happiness. Yeah, because I think if you have more options, you have more desire. Mm. And if you don't fulfill those desires then you're going to be unhappy. Yeah, and also when you have more options, you have less tolerance. You're thinking, you can't talk to me like that. I've got so many other guys. Or you're thinking, she can't deny me. I've got so many other options. And so it's that you you have low tolerance for flawed behavior. Mm. Yeah. What would you describe as being a top 1% female? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Because I hear it all the time, men. 
Well, I, I do think beauty and all these things, you can't ignore that. Like, yeah, obviously, she has to be aesthetically, she has to be pleasing. But I just think that if she is the most beautiful girl in the world, but she is available and accessible to lots, lots of men, and she's disloyal to you, there, there, she loses her value. Because she makes you look like an idiot and she makes herself look accessible. So without that loyalty factor, and loyalty doesn't just mean she's not sleeping with other men. Loyalty also means she's not exposing herself to other men. Mm -hmm. Because before, you'd have to work to see a girl naked. Really, really have to work for it. If she's allowing access to the rest of the society to see that, I do think it takes away her her, her mystery. So you, a 1% woman would have to make her man look like somebody that other men are jealous of. And if other men can still see your girlfriend naked then less jealous of you yeah. they're, they're just less jealous of you so well, why, I, uh, why are they doing that then uh because like i said they get rewarded for it they're, they're more like likely the to but they're going to meet a one percent man no no but let's say for yeah. example that they're already in a rela- relationship yeah um, with a, a good guy why did they continue to do it um, I would say if you're in a relationship with a good guy and being satisfied are two different things. I think when you're with a good guy and he treats you well and he's really kind to you, but if you're a chaotic woman mm. and you crave chaos, what will happen is you always need validation from other men. Mm-hmm. You always need reminding that you can be with other men whenever you need it. But if you're a woman who's so happy to stop all of that, just to be with one man, you'll stop posting. If your woman is still posting, there's a part of her that doesn't feel totally satisfied with the love you give her. And it's not got nothing to do with you. It might be to do with her own insecurities before she entered the relationship. Mm. And they, they haven't been resolved yet. Well, I think there's definitely some couples or individuals who just crave drama. Yeah. Like yeah. I've been with some women who <laughs> they just want to pick fights. They and I'm do. like, what the hell's going uh, well, on? Like, why? Are you? <laughs> but the, do you think that men tend to, and women, do you think people attach to people who give them more drama? I think they, the excitement makes things more interesting. Yeah. It keeps each other on their toes. Yeah. And they like, get I'm, sure, I'm sure if me being the way I am now mm. definitely keeps my partner on her toes. I'm not being like disrespectful or doing anything mm. bad, but there's an element of mystery. Right. So she's, because I live by myself. Yeah. She's always thinking, hmm, maybe, what is he doing? Yeah. Like, is it, is it? And is I say, it? Oh, I'm going out for dinner. And mm. then she'd be like, oh, is he, who's going out Do you dinner? believe in monogamy? Do you believe in being faithful? Or do you think it's difficult in this day and age? I, I do. Yeah. I think it probably is one of the main things which is going to allow for a successful relationship to flourish. I just yeah. think it's really, really hard. And what would th- it require for you to be monogamous? I just have to be very disciplined. Okay. It's, 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 I think it's largely just down to discipline. Because if you are like top 10, top 1% man. Yeah. You're always going to have those options until maybe you get too old. Yeah. And you, it's, you're always going to have the urges. Yeah. Men have urges, sexual yeah. desires with different women. That's just the way it is. And so th- those, those men who are in successful relationships and they don't cheat. Mm-hmm. It's mostly down to the fact that they're extremely disciplined and they can control their emotions. And do you think that makes him more high value than a man that is? Just well, yeah, technically, on paper, way yeah, more high, way high value. So do you agree like that with is you? that is the ultimate? That is the but the thing is, the ultimate source of high value is self control. If you can exercise self control, you start to respect yourself more. Mm-hmm. Every time, think of the times where you could have cheated and you said no, like, you feel like a superhero. You're like, yeah. oh my god, I rejected him. I'm so, I feel so good about myself. Or even when you, but not when the relationship's over. <laughs> 
Or even like um, when it's getting drunk or something like that, and you control yourself, you're like, no, I'm not drinking tonight. And you, every time we exercise self control, we gain self respect. And every time we gain self respect, we gain self esteem. So the man that is, doesn't give in to his impulses is the most free man in the world. Whereas the man that just, if, if I want it, I do it. Because a lot of this red pill kind of conversation is a strong man, as a high value man, is does what he wants. No, the reality is a high value man who can resist temporary desires for long term goals doesn't drink because he's got work tomorrow. Doesn't mm. sleep with that girl because he doesn't want to get rid of her in the morning. He thinks about his long term self. Self control is true freedom, not doing whatever you want because yeah. that's nonsense. Yeah. And that's the big thing, obviously, when it comes to getting in shape. Absolutely, that's why there's so many men that struggle to get in yeah. shape, not because they're not going to the gym, but just because they don't have that discipline out outside of the gym mm. they're not eating the things they should be eating yeah, they're going out they're drinking they're not sleeping you have when you get a mm. six-pack think of how much you're like oh my god how much self-esteem and self-respect you get when a six-pack now apply that mentality to women and money Mm-hmm. If a man can do it for his mind, like if he can do it for money, which is his mind, body, which is women, and gym, imagine how much of a high value man he can self control. And then what it does is it means that no one can drift him. He's mm-hmm. got a clear goal. Self control is the most amazing thing a high value man can have. Yeah. So this idea that he has to sleep around with lots of girls and does what he wants, his, what he should want to do is be controlled yeah. by his own kind of long term goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. So I have a load of questions, which mm-hmm. I have put together based on just going through your Instagram. Oh. <laughs> and this is just general questions on dating and relationships. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about initiating yeah. that first contact. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's, is is there a, a better way to approach a stranger? Is it easier to DM somebody or is it better to approach them in person? Uh, depending on who the woman is, depending on who the woman is, I think online there's a lot of competition if she's got an open profile. If she hasn't, then it's a bit easier. In person is always better because people can read your energy. And that is something that you can't always get online. So I think in person, and if you just remove the, the, the reason why men get nervous is they're thinking, is she going to reply? Is she going to say no? She, forget about that. Just make well, I it. Think the, the nerves are much higher in person. Yeah. DMing yeah, it's someone effortless. takes nothing. Do you get nervous asking, so speaking to girls in person? Not anymore. I used yeah. to though. Did you? Why? Well, because it was, I don't know, maybe it was just a fear of rejection. rejection. But who cares if she rejects? There's a yeah, but I think, I think yeah. what a lot of women don't understand is that <laughs> it's not nice to it's be rejected nice, because yeah. you are, let's say for example, you see someone you like uh, or you're attracted to, you you know, you know, actually are building up quite yeah. a lot of this self-confidence and plucking mm-hmm. up the courage to go over and speak to her. Yeah. And then for you to literally just get shot down, uh-huh. it is like, it's, it's quite soul destroying. If it? it's, if it, yeah, I can't it really imagine. is. As a girl, we don't have to experience that. No, it's that, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's hardcore. Yeah. And if, let's say for example maybe you do that two or three times you get shot down three times your confidence is going to be like rock bottom but does it but, sometimes make you immune to getting rejected no, no, but, yeah but that's why i recommend guys just keep doing you it again and again and again, again you get immune to it when you yeah when you do it so often mm-hmm. you do become immune to it so that's why you should, you should do something that scares you every single day yeah absolutely so you become care. immune to it and you'll find that you'll get rejected by one girl and then another mm-hmm. girl who's better looking than her will be responsive mm-hmm. so it's not really the thing is men personalize rejection so many times it's because she's having a fight with her boyfriend she's had a bad day it's got nothing to do with you a lot of the time there's times where you're in a great mood and there's a guy you're not interested in and you'll still be responsible you're like hey yeah take my number mm. because you're in a good mood and there's other times you're in a terrible mood and you just it doesn't matter who he is you don't want to speak to it. don't personalize the rejection it's not about you M- most of the time it's not about you i think for me i'm 
I'm clearly an, at an advantage when it comes yeah. to on, the online, online approach stuff, yeah. because you know, I, I can send a DM no. and it's like, okay, well, a million followers, blue tick and like yeah. the pictures. Yeah. That can work in my favor, but it can also not work in my favor because the type of woman who I'm actually attracted to yeah, is not into guys yeah. like me on the surface. Yeah. So there's been a few times I've been with women when they've, they've told me after we've been together for a yeah. while, they're like, when I initially saw your profile, I was like, no way. Like, hell no, am <laughs> yeah. I not, I'm not getting involved with this guy. Yeah. Because they assume the worst. Yeah. Like, realistically, you, you come across my profile for the yeah. first time. What do you think? Oh, there'd be no way. <laughs> blocker. What blocker. am I? It's like red flag. Absolutely. You yeah. just think like he's just going to cheat. He's just going to be with a bunch of women. I'm, And also the girl, would, I would think he won't like me. Mm. I, the girl would always just think I'm not going to be enough. Like he won't like me. Well, and I, that's, I, that's what a lot I think of people, majority of girls They think. say to me, oh, you must get loads of DMs. Yeah. And it's not actually as many as you'd think yeah, because I think... So. I think uh, the, the women probably just look at my profile and just like, wait, no way. Yeah. And they, they, they don't want to be shot down or ignored. Have you ever done like a public relationship where you and your partner like kind of put, make it all about on your Instagram and stuff? Not Instagram, but YouTube. And how, how did that work out? Not well. <laughs> That's why... Uh... How did you find that? Like, how is it? Well, like, so I did it during lockdown. Okay. So um, there wasn't really much to do. Yeah. And I was kind of not only running out of content, yeah. but people were starting to notice that I was with somebody else in my apartment. Right. So I was like, do you know what? I'll just, yeah. I, I was much more open at that point in time. Right. I, I generally feel like I'm quite open anyway, yeah. but that was the first time I, I'd, maybe the second time where I'd really talked about uh, the relationship that I was in right. and she was in the videos we were talking and people were actually like really loving it. Like my mm. views were actually going up because people uh, liked seeing yeah. the, just me with a woman. Yeah. But the problem was, like, I, I've got thick skin, so I can yeah. take any shit which people give me. Mm-hmm. But she oh, didn't course. necessarily. Yeah. So YouTube comments are the absolute worst of all oh, comments. They're worse and than the, the worst. And because Instagram, like, your identity is linked yeah, to a some, comment. YouTube, yeah. it's anonymous. Right. It's like a weird username and no picture. Yeah. So people are a bit more ruthless. Yeah. So obviously, there was, a, there was a load of negative comments about her, maybe the way she looks, whatever it is. Aww. Like, even though she's a beautiful girl, people always have something bad yeah, to say. to say. Yeah. So, um, I would just say to her, don't look at the comments. Right. Of course she looks at the of comments. Oh, so okay. that messes with her head. Uh-huh. But I think the, the main sort of issue and problems came about when the relationship ended or came to an end. Mm-hmm. And I kind of foolishly was speaking my thoughts and sharing it with people. Right. And... I, I think the problem was people didn't get the full context of the situation. Yeah. And they were just getting like little snippets of it. Mm-hmm. And actually looking back, I didn't look very good. Right. Like she looked like a victim and I looked like I was doing something really bad. But uh, that wasn't the reality. Right. Because it was it was a point where I was I was leaving Dubai and I was going to Spain. Right. So I was saying how it's it's um it's it's obviously gonna be an issue, like the whole long distance relationship thing. Yeah. But anyway, so there were, I got a load of negative feedback, particularly from women. Right. Over the way that I handled that. Right. And I didn't present it yeah, properly. I but didn't... then the, the worst part was because I'd been so open sharing mm-hmm. my, my, with my entire community yeah. who she was, everybody knew about her. So the moment that she kind of stopped appearing in the videos, everyone was asking, where is she? Yeah. What's happening? And then everybody would go to her and then ask her the same questions like, where's Mike? What's happened with Mike? What's yeah. going on? And she, this was going on for months. Yeah. And even when I came back to Dubai, people started messaging us saying, yeah. you're going to get back with Mike. You're gonna get back. And this wasn't making it easier for her to kind of yeah. get over me. Yeah. And then when I was, I was in Ibiza at the time, so people were 
they were watching my stories or other people's stories. Yeah. Maybe I've been there and I'd, other women have been around yeah, me. Course, yeah. They would send that story to her. Yeah. And I'm, it's like, she doesn't need, need to, to be seeing that. We're not in a relationship anymore, but yeah. you're just... And it must be hard for it. her when she moves on, like knowing that, yeah. yeah, who the person, like say she was to meet another man, he would be like, that's your ex. It must be a Yeah, well, a hard... it, it, to be, no, because she wasn't massive on social media. Right. So she's known as Mike Thurston's ex. Yeah, of course. That's, that's not is good. It is. Yeah, it's not Like it's she, not she needs to be her own identity, not, yeah. oh, that's Mike Thurston. Yeah. So you wouldn't recommend it? You wouldn't do it again? No, only... When I'm, if I'm like, when I'm with the one starting a family, that's when I'll be very public about it. But for now, I've found that the more you keep it private, the less drama you have. Yeah, because you have with with everybody. There's a certain percentage of their following who are absolute psychopaths. Yeah, the larger your following, the higher the number of psychopaths there are. (laughs) So they are going to want to cause drama always. Yeah, and they've got time. Yeah, you would be so surprised how much time these time these people have to find the information, send it to this person, write the comments. So it's better to just yeah keep it private. But I mean, it's it's, it's up to the individual because sometimes yeah. it's nice to see relationship stuff, but yeah. you don't want to overdo it. Because yeah. if you overdo it, people are like, okay, great, like yeah, but we get. I think we forget people aren't always happy for everyone. And that's the problem with social media because the people that spend the most time in it usually are the ones aren't that happy. And so you can attract a lot of that hate. So, so yeah, going back to the original point, I I generally would, if I'm approaching someone for the first time, I would Mm -hmm. prefer to do it in person. Right. And I don't mean doing it in a bar or club because Mm -hmm. you're not going to find the right woman there. You barely have a proper conversation anyway. It would be in the daytime if I see somebody... Is a gym a good place for you to meet people? Yes, Mm -hmm. but... I always, I, I understand that women are there to, I mean, obviously some of them want attention, but mm. some of them just want to go to the gym and work out. Yeah. And they are getting hit on a lot anyway by yeah. different guys. So I don't want to be the fifth guy that's gone up to him and be like, hey, do you, do you need to help me? Yeah, yeah but like, you might be the guy that she's hoping yeah. does do that. So what I usually do is if I do like if someone who I like, yeah. I will wait until they've done the workout. Okay. And then I'll maybe try and catch them afterwards. That's perfect. But not like go stand there like a little weirdo yeah, in the change room. Yeah, asking her, she's <laughs> using this and uh, don't do that. Just wait till she's finished and then mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a gentleman way to yeah. do it. Yeah. And yeah, the you're more than likely going to have a much higher chance of like some for, some sort of a decent a, relationship yeah. if you meet somebody in like day-to-day life and scenarios. Yeah. So if you're at the beach, like a nice chilled out beach mm. club or the gym. Yeah. Doing something that you both would be doing anyway, it's a mm. good way to know if you've got some similarities. So, yeah. so um, the next question is about dating Yeah. and the first date. From my experience... Mm-hmm. A mistake which a lot of men make is they they try to go all out on the very first date. Right. And not only does that set the expectations quite high, yeah. but you end up potentially investing a lot of time and money in something which isn't really going to work yeah. out. So what I always recommend is sometimes if I go on the first date, just go for a walk, go for right. a coffee. Right. And then within the first 10, 15 minutes, you can... See but if you're going to vibe with someone. Somebody or not. like you can do that because she already knows what you bring to the table. But sometimes girls will be like, oh, he's not, in, I don't know. Like, say if she just met a random guy, she doesn't know what he is and she's thinking he doesn't want to invest or do anything, depending on the type. But it does weed out that girl. So, so yeah. you. You think that person should take them on a fancy date? No, I think take them where you would be going anyway. 
So if your normal day-to-day life, you go for dinner and you go for Nando's, take her to Nando's. Mm -hmm. If your normal day-to-day life is going to Namos, take her to Namos. This is what I always say to you. If you ask a girl, hey, do you want to go to Nando's? She's... She's not going to like that though. Some girls, but if that's your day-to-day life and that's her day-to-day life, if that's not her day-to-day life, you've already cut the crap. You're not compatible. Mm. So what I always say to men is women should come into your world. You be the man, she comes into your world. Now, your world doesn't have to be five star, but you take her, so even if it's a case of like, you can't afford a lot, that's not the problem, but you take her to a coffee shop where you can afford two coffees, or you take her to, if you're going for a Nando's, you can, you can cover the bill. I always just say, take women into your world. That's the leadership. You're coming into my world now. So do where I would normally go to eat. You're coming where I normally go to eat. Now, where I normally spend my day. Now, if you take, if you're going out of your way and you're doing something you wouldn't normally do you're not compatible Mm -hmm. but if you're taking her and doing something that you would normally do well even if that's kfc if that's a shisha or whatever it is she's coming and seeing into your world now if she fits perfect if she doesn't fit no worries but it's not your take her into your world Uh, so i always say you hold her hand and you take her into your world that's my advice if you want to be the leader in the connection who should pay on the first date you know what i'm gonna say men Uh, you know what i'm gonna say I, i of course Mm-hmm. Of course, but I. But the thing is, I'm from a different culture. But I, yeah. I, no, but I can't understand. I mean, the the woman paying on the first date. I, I just think that's ludicrous. Yeah. But the splitting situation. <laughs> if it? I was to say. <laughs> Oh, can we split this? Like, I've already ruined it. Yeah, but the I thing is, I understand for, like, in British culture, because the women are feminists and they do want to split it. I can understand it. But in Dubai culture, it's just, um, there's girls that know that they could go with a different man and never even have to fidget. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's a bit harder. But I do understand it in different cultures, because in different cultures, the women insist on paying and splitting. So I understand mm-hmm. whatever works for you. But for me and growing up in a Muslim in environment and being from dubai it's just uh you know you, you don't yeah the, the only <laughs> time i would allow it yeah would be if we'd already had a couple of dates yeah she had she maybe invited me yeah. somewhere and it's not it's nothing crazy it's nothing yeah. fancy it's like paying for some uh, it, some food which isn't really that expensive to do it. sometimes a woman's itching to do something back she's always itching to do something back um and so you give her an opportunity to do something back but at the same time in in the uh, in the first day she won't feel like it's a date if she split it mm-hmm. she would feel like she went to see a friend and i think it's very dependent upon how much money she's earning as well yeah. like if i can if i know she's not making that much money yeah. then i would never yeah. allow her to pay yeah. but if i know she's got a good job and she's making dough that'd mm-hmm. be like okay you but can pay you for that one. one thing i've noticed uh, women that are hyper successful men say they like hyper successful women and they like independent women but what hi- independent women find is when we become like more financially stable men don't give us the same investment whereas if we're a bum and don't have a job they actually invest in us more Mm -hmm. do you think that's true real quick guys i just want to share with you something which i spent the end of 2023 putting together for you you see in life if you are unhappy with something you need to change it that is one of the core philosophies that has driven me, my businesses and my fitness over the past 10 years. In recent years, I've been asked frequently how I've managed to go from being an average personal trainer, working all day, every day in a gym in the north of England, to the position that I am in today. That is why I decided to create the Digital Playbook. 
This is a step-by-step -step blueprint for anybody who finds themselves in the same position that I did years ago, wondering to myself, how can I make money online? Can I really make a full-time income from creating content about the things that I actually like? How can I travel the world, work from my laptop, and at the same time still afford to live a great lifestyle? It's essentially a playbook on how I built multi-million pound businesses off the back of creating content online. If you want to check it out, head over to the digitalplaybook.net and you can book in a call with my team to find out more. Let's get back to the episode. I think so. This yeah. is a question which I wanted to ask you mm. is if you find if you have a, a man who's very masculine. Yeah. And they are together with a woman who has a lot of masculine traits. Yeah. Like they're very alpha, mm. very independent, don't mm. need a man, whatever. Do you think they can date? Because my experience of dating these alpha women yeah. doesn't end well. No, we clash. it doesn't end well. But here's the reason I would say, because a lot of people say, oh, you know, when women earn more than men, they're more likely to divorce them and more likely to end it. But the rea reality is the reason why they're more likely to end it is because men take their foot off the pedal when the woman is in the, uh, financially stable. But that same man will meet a, a, a woman who's unemployed, uh, sits at home and watches TikTok all day and give her an allowance mm. and support her and take her dinner and do all of these things. But that woman who's hustling and working hard, he doesn't even like... Uh, think to grab a, uh, her lunch so that's why she gets resentful that I'm working hard and because I'm working hard you're investing less when mm. really we should be rewarding the hard work because they still like to be yeah. looked after it's well, not a financial thing for me because of the way I'm wired mm -hmm. I just would not allow that to be the case yeah if she's super successful she's making loads of money yeah. I'd be like I, like there's no way yeah. that she could be outdoing me like I have to be outdoing yeah. her yeah which is why I've noticed when I've been in a relationship with someone who was super smart and they're they're making a lot of money and yeah. if anything they're probably more intelligent than me yeah maybe I know more about certain topics than she does but mm. she's overall a really smart girl yeah I find that really motivating and it actually it really encourages me to level up yeah i remember as i think this was 2021 i was dating someone and she was extremely smart and she yeah. was kind of she's uh she, she's a a healer right. so she's very much into psychology oh, okay but very smart yeah very well read and being with her really encouraged me to level up okay because i wanted to impress her that's good but the thing is but I, I, I know a lot of guys will probably feel But inferior. it might inspire a man, but it doesn't inspire him to invest in her. And women still seek investment. What happens is as the woman gets more successful, I know it sounds stupid because you're like, you can do it yourself. They end up feeling like no one's looking after them. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, I always say to women, just be a damsel in distress. Always be a damsel in distress because when you show a man you're independent, he treats you like you're independent. And she, then they lose that dynamic of like being looked after. So if you want that feminine masculine dynamic, you almost have to be the damsel in distress because men do take the foot off the pedal when they know that you are financially stable. Mm -hmm. They let you do it yourself, but they, with another woman who's not so smart and not so successful, they do everything for. So women feel like they're almost shortchanged when they become successful I, from, in my experience so speaking of dating how do you know if you've been friend zoned or not um, the response responsiveness from women mm -hmm. this is all it boils down to if you are trying to contact a woman and you're getting delayed response and busy scheduling she's not interested 
It's really that simple. When a woman likes you, she will cancel plans. She cancels plans. She responds immediately. She becomes available. When she doesn't really like you that much, she's unavailable. It's really mm-hmm. that simple. She And um, I always think you as a man, friend zone yourself. People can friend zone themselves or they don't. How you friend zone yourself is by not making your intentions clear. Mm-hmm. There are men that I'm friends with, but are still not in my friend zone because they'll always make a flirty comment. They'll always remind me that they're interested in some way. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to put you in the friend zone and you keep coming out of it. They remind, so I can't put them well, in the friend you, zone. Do you think men and women could be friends? Yeah, I do. But it takes a level you, of, uh, <laughs> like both of them have to not be attracted to each other. Yeah, and I think you miss out on life when you aren't friends with the opposite sex. You miss out on so much in life mm. because there's so many times where you might be fighting with your partner and you talk to your female friend and she's like, I can't believe you said that to you. And you talk to your male friend and you're like, don't be stupid. Do you know what that means? He's just a bit tired, blah, blah, blah. And they give you so much free game. Mm-hmm. They give you so much free advice. All of my videos, a lot of people will be like, how do you understand the male brain so well? A lot of the time it's because I'll call a male friend and they'll tell me this is what it means when your man is doing this. This is what it means means when he does that they tell you everything do you think if they had the opportunity they would absolutely (laughs) they're not blind (laughs) they'll do it but they're Mm. not going to have the opportunity yeah Yeah, they're not going to it's not about would they it's the could they Mm -hmm. if there's no could then they can't yeah see this is this is a big problem i've had in Mm. a lot of my relationships yeah it's being having other female friends Mm -hmm. because it has tended to be the case that they've they've been attracted not not well, I don't know if they're interested or not. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are, mm-hmm. but they've been attractive. Right. That's a problem. Okay. So I, I can actually be friends with an attractive, attractive woman. woman. Yeah. I have discipline. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel the need to sleep yeah. with every single attractive woman I yeah. see. If I did, I wouldn't get anything done. Yeah. So I have... I have these female friends and I want to continue Mm -hmm. having those relationships with them, usually because they're very intelligent and just spending time with them. I, I learn a lot Mm -hmm. or they're just very, they're very good contact to have. Yeah. They're amazing. But I have had so many arguments about this Mm. because they, they don't believe me. But you know what? I think that like you, like I said, you gain so much. And I think that men that don't have female friends, they hypersexualize women. They get nervous around women. They think women are this really strange enigma. They lose their ability to have charm around women. But when you have lots of fr- female friends, you le- realize they're flawed. You realize they're stupid. You realize like what makes, it removes their mystery. So mm. I think men that never have female friends and women that never have male friends, they get overexcited when they're around the opposite it's gender whereas when you've always had male or female friends you recognize it's just a person whereas when you don't you think it's a potential sexual contact and you get too excited i think it's actually a bad thing if they have no male or no female friends because then they tend to get too excited around the opposite gender in my experience. so let's scenario we're in a relationship mm-hmm. Would you let me have hot friends no <laughs> that just goes against your point though I know I know depends how hot <laughs> like I, um, I, I don't mind I know to be fair I wouldn't mind too much but if she posts a lot of hot stuff I would rather you not see your female mm. friend's naked body let's say for yeah. example she's in the fitness industry right well respected in the fitness industry yeah we go to work out together yeah thoughts um in that scenario if it feels like mm, and she's hot mm. Mm, really hot yeah no Great you're not body. doing that you just change the body's job. unbelievable yeah no why are you adding <laughs> injury, insult to injury no no you're definitely not allowed no no it's just not appropriate okay there's boundaries so I can't, I can't have any there's boundaries to friendships 
Mm-hmm. There's boundaries to everything in a We're friendship. Just working out. Um, but there's boundaries to that because I, I know when you're working out, and I've had male and female <laughs> personal trainers, personal trainers working out with them is not a good look. Because yeah. working out is it's it's not it's the right touching. boundaries. It's not the right but friendships comes with boundaries, mm. uh, and the reason why I would allow my um, uh, partner to have female friends is if he understood the boundaries without me saying them. Whereas if there's fe- female or male friends where you have to teach them the boundaries, then you, then it's a problem. But it's mm. harder in your industry. It's really hard in your industry. Yeah, because. Yeah. I mean, even it's the collaboration. So mm. I don't want to just only collaborate with men. Yeah. It's it's good for business mm. and adds more. Particularly the majority of my viewers are men anyway. Right. So if there's a female involved, like they it's get amazing. all excited about yeah. it. They want to see the interaction. They want mm-hmm. to just maybe have something to look at as well. Yeah, of course. So I want to continue doing that. Mm-hmm. And there's always been problems. Would you, just, would you ever be with someone who's in the industry, like a fitness model and make it easier for yourself? Yeah. Yeah, that might be a good look. But I've noticed female fitness models who have a big following, they're pretty crazy. Why? Well, it depends. <laughs> it depends. There's, there's some who are like really sort of like well respected. Yeah. And they don't show much. Would you they, mind they, they have you, they have this they can still be sexy but they mm-hmm. don't show too much but yeah. the majority of these fit, female fitness influencers their ass is everywhere yeah and would you mind if your girlfriend had an only fans oh yeah why would you mind because everybody would be able to see <laughs> the private parts okay. and, that and i wouldn't necessarily um i wouldn't respect her values i think it's very important if i'm going to be in a relationship with someone or we're going to get married we have to have the same values yeah and it's something which i disagree on i think that that woman has taken the easy route right you know even with myself i have done it the hard way to Mm -hmm. get to where i am today Mm -hmm. i have had many offers Mm -hmm. i could have done some pretty degrading things i could have got only fans myself and made a hundred thousand dollars a month easily done that yeah but i was like nah because it goes against what i stand for Mm -hmm. i have too much pride okay so i would much rather do it the harder way the slower way yeah and then even when he gets to that point, it's way more satisfying. Yeah, and you can talk is. about how you got there. But if yeah. you say, if I'm doing this podcast, I'm like, oh yeah, staying in this apartment because I do OnlyFans. People will be like, yeah, okay, well, good one. And then it's, it tarnishes your reputation. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it does do so that. So with, yeah. I could be friends with a woman like that. I could maybe have a short fling yeah. with a woman like that, but I couldn't. And I would respect her. Like say, for example, yeah, the, yeah, no the girl I met in Bali, yeah. she's, you know, got a family out of poverty. So I respect that. I yeah. understand that. Mm-hmm. But... But starting a relationship is a different kind of level of yeah, respect. So, yeah, I just I would not do that. Fair enough. Fair but enough. Um, you know, to each their own. So, yeah, to respect each, everybody who's doing that. But it's to just each not my their thing. own. Yeah, to each their yeah. own. I'm, we're not here to judge anyway. So, but to each their own. Here's another good question. Mm-hmm. We're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Would you let me go on a lad's holiday? No. No. I'm very strict. <laughs> I'm very strict. It's like, I'm very strict, but I'm very... But I, it would depend on the age and stage and all these things. But it's, this is what I tend to do. I tend to be with people who are just not that way inclined too much anyway. So if it's a case of you're going and it's like all the time and it's all this, that and the other, I don't really like that. But if it's occasionally here and there, I still don't like it, mm-hmm. but I might be less difficult. But what if you wanted to go on a girl's trip somewhere? I don't do, I don't do that. This is do a, yeah, I don't do that. Yeah, I don't do that. I, I'm not a girls' trips kind of woman. See, see what I do is mm-hmm. I, I'm flexible, mm-hmm. and if it's something which they want to do, yeah, I don't say don't do it. Yeah, I have. I just give them the option. Yeah, well, do you so, mind so if it goes so, on girls' so, trips? So if they want to do it, yeah, they can do it. Yeah, 
But how they react to that mm-hmm. will determine whether or not I continue with that relationship. Okay. So let's say, for example, I say, you know, maybe she's talking about it or her friends have mentioned it. Mm-hmm. I say, yeah, she'll go. Yeah. But if she goes, <laughs> then I'm like, okay, you would much rather be yeah. with your friends partying in Mykonos than yeah. to be with me. Mm. And I'd be like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to go to Ibiza or yeah. I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. And then... It just gets But, here, but here's my thing with uh, holidays and stuff like that. When when you say, oh, I trust my partner, you can trust your partner, but there's environmental factors in our behavior. And we, I would prefer a partner who doesn't put themselves in that environment, just like I don't put myself in that environment because I respect the boundaries mm-hmm. of the relationship. It doesn't mean you're caged, but it, there is boundaries towards everything. And there could be a holidays here, there and somewhere. No, and it's not the end of the world, but it's somebody who's got that craving mm. all the time is not somebody who's ready to settle down. That's yeah, what I was when saying. I'm in relationships, I barely go out and party. Yeah, especially when you live in Dubai. Like, you don't need to go on as many holidays. You live in a holiday. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't need it so much. But you, you wouldn't mind too much if she goes... It de- depends where she's going and who she's going with. Okay. Because I'd, I I still want her to be free and mm. to live her life. Like, yeah. she doesn't always have to be with me. If anything, it's quite nice to have a bit of time apart every now and then. Yeah. I just but think it, watch people do what they truly want in life and then pick your poison. Who would actually not require you to be controlling? Mm-hmm. who would naturally be in line with your values and that's the person you select rather than choosing someone that's got completely different morals and like holding them by the throat to be like the way you want them to be. Just pick correctly. But I think as well, if, you, if you've if you been told you can't do this, mm-hmm. it makes you want to do it more. Yeah, I But suppose. if you've been given the option you can do it if you want to, mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, okay. And then you probably just don't end up doing it anyway. Yeah, I think especially with men, if you let them think they've got the option, they'll do what's usually the right thing. But when you try and control them, they kind of rebel mm-hmm. as much as possible. So yeah, you got to just let them be. But I will, I will always have this issue, particularly at this point in time, because of what I do, the nature of what I do. Mm-hmm. I do need to travel yeah. to network, collaborate, make. Like I can't always just do these podcasts in yeah. Dubai. At some point, I'm going to need to do a bit sure. of a road trip. Yeah. So it would be a it would be a business yeah trip. Mm-hmm. But there could be a little bit of party. <laughs> I can imagine. But it's not. It's yeah. But it's, I'm kind of past that mm-hmm. point now. But would you pick a partner who's quite chill rather than somebody who who would be difficult? Yeah, but not not like a complete walkover though. Yeah. Okay. Because you, you need. Yeah, she would need to stand up for herself and be like, Do you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not happy with this. Okay. If she just sits there in silence, is like, okay, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. I think I would just lose respect for her a little bit. Okay. So you just want her to have boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah. way. What are your thoughts on open relationships? Um, it's definitely not something I encourage, even though I can understand why people do it, but it's not something I encourage because essentially, um, it like I, I always look at relationships through the lens of a child. And when you have children and both parents are in open relationships, what happens is they're putting, they start to learn to put their desires before the needs of each other and the needs of the relationship. And it's just not good for creating a unit. It's mm. not good for a part of being in a healthy relationship is sacrificing what you truly want for the sake of the commitment to this marriage. But when you are in an open relationship, you're not asking them to sacrifice anymore. And then they don't get in the habit of putting somebody else's feelings first. And it's just pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. It's just not a good way to live your life. It's mm. not healthy for you. It's just not healthy, but I, I can understand I, th- I think there's always going to be one mm-hmm. person who will 
get hurt. Get hurt. Yeah, because there's always one winner. There's always mm-hmm. somebody who's actually upgraded. The person somebody, who cares less yeah, is going to win. There's always the person who cares less is always going to be yeah a one step ahead, and then it becomes a battle, and then it becomes a problem, and then what happens is you're trying to beat each other, and you start to be on opposite teams. Mm. Like if you went out that night, I'm going to go out this night. If you met somebody hot, I'm going to meet someone hot. It's always a negative thing. I don't know if it's it's very good for short term, but terrible for long term. Mm. Mm, in my experience of watching couples that do it. Can you or should anyone ever forgive a partner who has cheated? Um, I, I, I think when you have children, um, yes, when you have children, you can do it. The reason being is children benefit from seeing mom and dad go through troubles, going through it, staying together. But forgiveness and staying are not the same thing. Staying with your partner and then punishing them and being horrible to them and controlling them and being abusive is not forgiving. Forgiving is we're going to start fresh. What made you want to cheat? Let's try and fix that. But what I notice, especially when men forgive women, it's not always good because they start to lose respect for themselves. They start to think, I'm such a fucking idiot. How can I forgive mm. her? And they get angry at themselves. And they Do they take, end up wanting revenge? They want revenge and they get abusive, either physically or mentally. Where are you going? What time are you going? This, that, and the other. Calling her names, calling her this, that, and the other. Women do it too um, when they've been cheated on, but women tend to just withdraw their love. They no longer love mm. you. They no longer want to sleep with you. Whereas for men, when they forgive you, they hate themselves for not being strong enough to leave you. So they end up being verbally and physically abusive because they're a less happy person. So I try, I say, if there's no kids, don't do it. Yeah, I generally would probably not forgive. I'm have just you ever it. forgiven it... by it? Like, have you ever been softer and thought, let me try and forgive? No, I mean, yeah. fortunately, I think I've been, a, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I yeah. feel like I've been in a position where I haven't really been cheated on. Yeah. But there's in my earlier days, in my early 20s, mm-hmm. I think for sure it happened. Now right. that I look back at everything. Yeah. Um, and but I think you've never been in a situation where it's been outright, someone's cheated. No, but yeah, the other neither. person had started speaking to someone. Okay. So in a way, I, I just thought, well, it's over. Right. And I think if someone has cheated, it's it's just it's never going to be the same again. Yeah. It really isn't. Like even though you try to tell yourself as much as possible, like, oh yeah, we can make it work again. Mm-hmm. Is you're you're always going to think about it, and the trust is gone. And what yeah. I've noticed in a relationship, when the trust is gone, it's just it's a mess. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but you start to be mad at yourself for not being strong enough to leave them. Mm-hmm. And when you're mad at yourself, you're a difficult partner. You're angry. You're aggressive. You're hostile. You don't want to reward them. You're like, oh, why should I cook for them? Why should I give her a like? Why should I give her a birthday present? You start to hold, withhold mm-hmm. uh, the good things, but really unleash all the bad things. So I think it's always a bad thing. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work out well. Mm. What what advice would you give to somebody who's in a relationship or dating someone who has experienced severe emotional trauma, usually yeah. maybe in their childhood. Oh, okay. So how, how do you uh, deal with that? Uh, the thing is, when you've been traumatized in your childhood, you can't help but look for trauma in adulthood. So you'll look for somebody who will reincarnate that trauma. Somebody, say for example, parent is abusive, you'll look for an abusive partner. Parent is absent, you'll look for an absent partner. You owe yourself the right to feel loved in the correct way. So select wisely. Selection is everything. Try not to, because what happens is when you've been traumatized, somebody who feels familiar, even though it's chaotic and horrible, you'll be drawn to them because it feels familiar and you you label that as chemistry and somebody who's nice consistent caring you see is boring and you're like oh I don't want that you owe yourself to look for peace not pleasure because Mm -hmm. in the long run that peace will give you that comfort you always craved as a child but that chaos will rehash 
all the traumas and you are left feeling so low. Mm -hmm. So you owe yourself that experience of love if you didn't get it as a child. Try and think about it like that. Mm -hmm. That child that in you that's been hurt and traumatized needs love. Go to somebody who gives it, not somebody who reminds that child that they're unworthy. Because that's what the people tend to do. They reincarnate all the horrible things. I wouldn't say I've had experience of that specifically, but I have been seeing, or I've been in a relationship with someone who had a very narcissistic mother. Mm -hmm. And that... It's traumatizing, right? Would, would you would you class that as being Absolutely. yeah what happens in that narcissistic child that is either that they become a bit narcissistic or they accept narcissism towards them so they accept somebody who doesn't value them makes them earn their love really abusive really negative and they see that as normal and if they get that narcissist to love them it's almost like getting their mom to love them so they're almost up for the challenge but they're re-abusing themselves mm -hmm. so it doesn't work out unfortunately unless you're really narcissistic unless you're really then it's gonna be <laughs> then great. Perfectly, but it is unfortunate how like how you can't pick your childhood, but you're stuck with it for the rest mm -hmm. of your life. It's unfortunate. Do you feel like you had it quite easy as a child, or like? Well, I did up until yeah. the age of eleven, and my mum died of breast cancer. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. I, I, I w was brought up in my teens, yeah. very confused, angry, mm -hmm. pissed off at the world, and surrounded by a lot of it was just masculine energy because it was mm. my brother, my dad, my grandparents were there, mm. but I didn't have that. Mother Your figure. Dad, uh, remarried? He's uh, not remarried, but he's with, with someone, someone like now. And she's like really nice. Did you have a mother figure in that 11 onwards or no? So did you become hyper independent or really clingy to people? Hyper independent. Yeah. I was, yeah, I, I guess I liked being by myself. Yeah. And, and so now do you find it like difficult when a woman wants all your time and energy? Yes. And do but I like don't know if it's specifically linked to that though. I think I'm just generally is. quite. Maybe it's... Usually is what happens with people who have that trauma, they become hyper-independent. And what happens is when somebody wants a lot of their time and energy, instead of seeing it as a form of love, they see it as a form of control. They always want space. So even if they're married, a part of them wants like a separate bedroom or even if they... Yeah, that sounds uh, like me. I can almost tell you. Like, oh. now what happens is when they start to get attached to somebody, as much as they want emotional intimacy, they want distance. So they get attached, spend some time together and then be like, not ignore her text the next day. And she's like, we just had a great time. And you're like, I need space now. Like mentally, you're thinking, I need distance. Mm. So what happens is they kind of intimacy, distance, intimacy, distance. And that person's like, what the hell is going on with this guy? And then they, they try and pull you more. And the more they try and pull you, you feel like they're strangling I you. I think definitely in my early 20s, there was yeah. the relationships that I was in. Mm -hmm. I don't think they'd come across someone like me before. Yeah, they they, they found me very puzzling. Yeah. And then sometimes you end up not cheating, but just opening doors to other women not because you want to cheat but you just want to create independence from your partner you just want to create an emotional distance mm. so you end up just kind of talking to other women just to create that space just so she doesn't think that she has total control over you because you're just not used to it that's interesting yeah it? it's really interesting and so other things that they'll do is they point point out flaws in their partner not because there are flaws but they're trying to emotionally detach so their partner will after being with somebody who's hyper independent they, their partner's like does he even love me mm -hmm. like, i don't even know and he's like no i love you lots but i'm yeah, just guarded I, I think i've been I, I found it very difficult to Express, express emotions yeah, so the, and communicate. Do your partner sometimes not even know if you love them or not? They're not sure? No, they, they, they know now. They know I now. think probably after the age of 25, okay. I got much better at understanding women yeah. and just expressing myself. Yeah. But beforehand, I was like so cold. Yeah, here's a tip. If you just soothe her when she's being annoying, she leaves you alone for a while. 
Mm-hmm. If you just re- reply quite quickly, she'll leave you alone for a couple of hours. But when you leave her unread and when you don't reply and you don't, that, that's when she starts talking to herself and going crazy. Quick tip is call her quickly, then you don't have to hear from her a couple of hours. It's just like, but men think you're trying to control me. It's, like, it's not control. It's just, it's like giving a baby a dummy. But speaking of that, yeah. why is it that when women are annoyed, mm-hmm. they, you have to really, you have to ask them 10 times what is wrong. Yeah. Until they finally say, okay, um, this is the problem. Because if, if I have, if something has annoyed me or my partner's mm. done something, straight away I'll be like, look, that was annoying. Mm. Like, don't do that again. Yeah. But if, because I always know if I've done something wrong, straight away I can tell because the behavior changes. Yeah. So instead of just prolonging this really <laughs> awkward, annoying energy yeah, yeah. that is going on, yeah. I'm saying, I say, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. And they're like, nothing. I say, what's wrong? Uh-huh. And they said, oh, no, no, nothing. And I'm like, just, I know, know what, something's wrong. Do you so know what me. it is? With women, they tend to be really emotionally intelligent. So if we know that what might upset you, so we kind of know, okay, this might upset you. So we assume if you cared about us, you'd know. And so because we think emotional <laughs> intelligence is natural, we forget that men don't have that. They don't always think from somebody else's perspective all day, every day. They don't real. they're not mind readers. So we think that if you loved me, you would know in our minds. So if we have to tell you, you must not love me, but that's the wrong attitude, women. You shouldn't think like that. Effectively communicate what you need to be said because otherwise you create distance Mm -hmm. and you create frustration in your partner. But we as women think, if you loved me, you'd know. And when we have to tell you, we feel like we're weakening the connection, but really you're strengthening it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's a stupid technique. But yeah, men and women are very different. And like what we think is not going to upset them it may potentially upset them uh, massively. I mean, sometimes it's maybe it's obvious yeah. you've done something wrong mm-hmm. but, but other, like th- there's liking been... pictures men have no idea how much that stresses a woman out yeah we're gonna talk about <laughs> that later um yeah. but yeah there's there's so many times where i've been scratching my head and i mean like i have i have been no. so distracted throughout the day mm-hmm. i have so many things to do but i cannot stop thinking about what it is that i could have possibly done <laughs> to annoy it and so what I'm is like, it usually but, what kind of stuff is it usually maybe just something i've, I've said yeah, or just like just like the, in my opinion it's usually the stupidest things okay. because if it had been like something which i I'd, okay i've done something wrong yeah. i know what i've done yeah but a lot of time it's just like little things that i'm like you really okay <laughs> that she was... loves you though mm. one thing i would say to men is when a woman's fighting um fighting with you she's actually fighting for you you should be worried when she stops caring when she's actually annoyed at the little things men tend to be like oh she's disrespectful she's rude she's so annoying but it's actually because she cares too much mm-hmm. and so stupidly we fight when we care too much annoyingly yeah. yeah what what have you found in your profession a sort of the common issues and patterns that couples are having yeah in their relationship well, you know uh, people think it's cheating or it's something big but the real thing is yeah, i'm sorry <laughs> people are thinking it's like cheating or doing something major but it's actually not but the real thing that predicts divorce they find all studies that found that they found that 90 percent of divorces can be predicted by this it's when your partner is trying to connect and you reject them what i mean by this is say for example your partner comes home from work and is like oh i'm so tired and you turn around and say why are you tired what have you done all day that creates distance 
instance. Or if they say, I want to watch this, and your partner's like, you watch shit shows, instead of saying, all right, cool, we'll watch it. It's little things like when they're trying to connect with you, do you respond and be like, all right, cool, I'll watch it with you? Or do you say, your, your programs are shit, and you create that non-responding to their emotional connections. It doesn't mean men and women, it's anybody. So if you see your partner sad, and you don't even look at them, whereas a partner that says, hey, what's wrong with you? And responds to it immediately, responding to each other's bids for connection is what leads to a happy relationship. And people who don't, it's disconnect. And there's a slow divorce. Then it mm. leads to cheating. Then it leads to um, looking somewhere else because you're feeling like my partner doesn't see me. Do you so. think more couples should go to counselling? Uh, every single one should do it, especially before they have children. You owe your children a stable home. Mm -hmm. And before you go down that route, make sure you two can at very least co-parent if worse comes to worse. And I think if you want to ever start a family, you owe your children two dedicated parents to make sure that child receives the best care in the world. Whereas when you don't do this, children are born and they're traumatized by two parents mm -hmm. who can't love, each, love the child enough to just put their differences aside. So I definitely think everybody, I think it should be free. I think everybody should just go to counseling. It should be part of healthcare i think there's some negative stigma attached with it why that if that? you're well, i i don't mm. know why but it's just, i don't know if Maybe. you say that it's like we've gone to counseling yeah. it, people would assume there's that wrong. there's problems yeah but there's problems in every relationship well, especially that, the the longer that they go on usually within the first six months yeah you don't like everything's yeah. sweet mm -hmm. you don't really need to work hard no after that six months after one year then then you both of you have to make a yeah. bit of an effort and especially when kids come along you have to work on it so i just think that you would do your children a huge favor if you invest a little bit into therapy before you mm -hmm. go into becoming parents mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so this is something i wanted to talk about because mm -hmm. <laughs> the majority of my arguments in my past relationships have been down to social media related <laughs> activities Here we go. what have you done <laughs> so i mean I, I i'm at a point now where i've I've made my mistakes mm -hmm. and i've learned from them what would be the biggest mistake or i think it's, it's I look back, at, back at now it's fairly obvious if you're in a relationship and you're liking other girls photos mm -hmm. even though in your head you're like it's nothing mm -hmm. i think i underestimated how really much damage that would yeah. be for her mm -hmm. because obviously if, if she's on scrolling social media and she sees that i've liked a photo yeah. of a girl who's you know maybe she's Tension. like half naked or whatever mm -hmm. like of course she's not gonna like that yeah and i, I and then i'm kind of thinking oh it's not that bad yeah. but then if she does the same thing and you likes feel... a picture of a topless guy i'm like i'll flip out <laughs> i'll go crazy so yeah. it's very important to put myself in their shoes and i've understood mm. that if you are in a relationship in real life, you have to be in a relationship on social media yeah, as well. absolutely. And it would cost you nothing to not tap mm -hmm. and save your relationship a lot. It would cost you nothing. It's not a big ask. Just, to, But men don't like to feel like they're being controlled. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, you're just being controlling. You're being insecure. You're being this, you're being that. But I always say women who post provocative pictures and men who like provocative pictures, are you being insecure? Or are you recognizing that it is a invitation for something that you don't want to mm -hmm. invite into your relationship? And it would cost you nothing to just not tap. Yeah. So that's why I recommend just avoiding it. But what about following people of the opposite sex? If they're your friends, there's no problem. But, but if you, it's said, random, I, you said I can't be friends with women. Yeah, okay. If they're random, there's no need. Why? Yeah. Especially if, if it's I, okay, your so if profile if, like yours. If we're in a relationship yeah. and then I follow somebody who is maybe in your industry, like mm -hmm. a, a female role model who you yeah. respect. Yeah. 
Then you, you I, I, I think women don't mind so much when they see who you're following is kind of similar to them. They don't mind as much. But when it's the exact opposite, I know girls who've actually gone out and got surgery because their man was following a bunch of girls that had a particular um, mm. surgical procedure. So you have no idea the damage it causes women. I know so many women who've gone out and got lip filler because their partner was following girls that or gone, and that's just nothing. <laughs> Imagine the uh, surgeries, the amount of surgeries men women have got because their partner kept following girls that look a certain way mm -hmm. tattoos and this uh, they've done so much damage. so what you think is small is actually having a huge impact so why not just avoid it if it's mm -hmm. so small just stop it yeah yeah that's what i always say yeah i i think i guess if you're young mm -hmm. you just you end up making these mistakes and yeah. hopefully you learn from them hopefully if you're watching this yeah. you don't make the same mistakes which i do yeah there's been some unfortunate circumstances where I, I literally just cannot believe the timing sometimes yeah so i will be i'm, I'm with my partner scrolling through social media <laughs> and then a message pops up from a girl saying you have a girlfriend question question mark and what, did you know this girl or no literally i think i'd messaged her like six months ago okay. like barely like no conversation mm -hmm. but because it popped up yeah wrong instantly yeah. They're like, who's that? Why is she asking that? Yeah, like all course. these questions. Yeah. And there's been so many scenarios where it's there is genuinely nothing going on. Yeah. But because they they see it, they just can't forget about it and yeah. they will assume the worst. Yeah, it's so, crazy. So you know, sometimes I'm, uh, I'm almost afraid to get my Instagram out in front of my partner yeah. when I'm with them because there might be a girl who I was seeing a year ago. Yeah, who might randomly... Who might be like, you know, if I... Because this happens sometimes. If I post a picture and like mm -hmm. I'm looking good in that picture on my story, people are going to reply to it and I yeah. can't control yeah. those messages popping up, mm -hmm. particularly if, if I've already had some sort of a conversation with them in the past. Right. So... I feel like I, I, that's kind of out of my control. I, I don't recommend ever like uh, being secretive or like, I also don't think that you should go through each other's phone or not. But usually women feel more insecure and men when they don't feel as loved. When you take effort to make quality time, give them attention, they can see stuff like that and feel okay. But when they felt like they haven't heard from you the whole day, you haven't had one-to-one -one time in a while, you've been on your phone the whole day, that message can ignite mm. something. So I always think the cure to insecurity is connection mm -hmm. spend quality time no phones just me and you da -da. she'll be calm they're, yeah. they're like babies just give them a bit of attention Th this is something as well which mm -hmm. has definitely mm -hmm. been a bit of an issue because of my job and what i do i need to be, be messaging my team or i need to be on mm -hmm. i mean i would admit the majority of the time on social media i don't need to be on social media yeah. but i do need to go there and post yeah. and then if people are asking questions i need to reply yeah. so i think definitely i need to make more of an effort when I'm with my partner yeah. to undivided attention put the phone away and because the thing is if you, you, if, even if you're at dinner if you're if you get your phone out and you start mm. going on it then it automatically gives the impression that you're boring yeah this is more interesting and the thing is if you just give undivided attention in the first 25 minutes you can do what you want for the next mm -hmm. hour you just got to see it as an investment it will pay off you just give her undivided attention and then you can relax but when you haven't when she hasn't got it she becomes difficult mm -hmm. she becomes itching pulling 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 for your attention and then you withdraw and it's just a cycle so just give it to her so i've got some questions for you now yeah so what does your ideal man look like <laughs> 
Um, what would my ideal man look like? That's an interesting question. Not I've never necessarily been asked that. physically, Not but physically. just the uh, discipline. I really, really, really admire a disciplined man. And even with me, even with my behavior, discipline. So he's got a set of principles and boundaries when it comes to his mind, body and soul, what he wants to do in terms of work, what he wants to do in terms of gym, what he wants to do in terms of the relationship. Now, he doesn't bend those rules regardless of who I am. And what I like, not that like if, if you are acting crazy, if you're going to be silly, that's not going to work here. But when you bend and do that, I actually lose respect in that process. Stick to your guns, stick to your morals, stick to your work, work hard, be inspiring. I'm inspired by that. Mm. I'm inspired by a man that says we're going this, we're doing that. And I do like a man who naturally, instinctively likes to in, uh, look after his woman, not necessarily financially, emotionally as well, enjoys looking after and being with a woman. I don't enjoy that man that is accessible and available to everybody and anybody he's here there and everybody every girl wants to be with him and everybody every girl has been with him i i it loses his alert i like a kind of a, a guy who's selective with his time money and energy and mm -hmm. i do think that's one of the traits i do look for in a man are you currently in a relationship yes i am okay, yeah and i'm in a relationship at the moment but like i said i'm too young crazy you're I, crazy I, mm, what, what are some attributes which you have that you wish you didn't have? Jealousy. Very jealous. Very. I hate it. I hate it. And not just jealous like with women. I'm jealous of time. Where are you going? What are you doing? What oh. time? Honestly, it's so draining. I, it's like I'm jealous with time. Why are you happy? Like, why? what, you, what have you been doing today? What are you smiling about? Really? Like, yes. I'm like, I didn't cause that smile. Where did it come from, <laughs> you shit? And I'm like, literally, it's that jealousy. And how, how, how does he deal with that? Um, it takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of patience, but there's zero tolerance. I know I won't get what I want by being jealous. I won't get anything out of him. I actually get more out of him if I'm just calm and nice and stuff. So I try and be more calm and nice in the end. But yeah, it's not easy. It's not an easy trait. And random insecurities. My problem is I know men too well. In my head, I think I know men too well. So what could be something quite innocent, my brain will say, no, that means... Mm. And I, I, I connect the dots when they don't need to be connected. It's very yeah, difficult. I guess that's an issue with your profession. Yeah, you, you see the worst. Is it, Have you been wrong about quite every a time. lot of things? Every, every time. time. Every single time. I'm always wrong. Because my brain will be like, okay, it's been 90 minutes, I haven't heard from you. What the fuck have you been doing? And then I realise it's football matches on. I'm like, oh shit, sorry. <laughs> yeah, like... He sounds like he's a very patient man. Oh, God, he deserves a medal. I, I'll have to say he deserves a medal. Do you, where did you meet? In Dubai? Uh, in, uh, yeah, in Dubai. In Dubai, yeah. Not but, a club, I assume. No, not a club. Through work, through business, investments into something. And then yeah, it was that was the method. Okay, cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's a nice, it was not a bad way to meet, I think. A lot of your mm -hmm. friendship groups of... The, the, the women that you're friends with, are they also in relationships? Yeah, they are in relationships, but Dubai is a mixed bag because um, in England, all of my friends are married, kids, everything. In Dubai, it's a... Uh, um, they could be married, but they act very single. Mm. Yeah, so it's a different kind of vibe. What advice would you give to men in their 20s? Um... Do not use your 20s as an extended adolescence. Do not use your 20s to just 
prolong being 19. Mm -hmm. Don't be all the day, every day in the clubs. Don't be every day holidays. Don't be every day spending money you don't have. Don't be every day chasing women you don't need. Use that as training ground for 30. What I find is that you'll meet men who get to 28 and have no savings, have no, um, like no idea where they're going with their career, have just spent their 20s partying because mm -hmm. they're like, I'm young. But the reality is it's training grounds. And if you get to 28 and you're just an old teenager, it's not attractive and you won't feel good. So fulfill your potential in your 20s while you've got the energy. Mm -hmm. You've got so much energy to work so many hours or work hard in the gym and your energy goes down as you get older. So use it to fulfill your potential. If you get to 30 and you haven't fulfilled your potential, you will start to disrespect yourself and you'll start that depression cycle. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you fulfill your potential, by the time you get to 30, you are ahead, your mental health is going to be in a good place. So you would argue it, it would make sense, and which I believe in as well, you should be spending that time trying to become the man that women want to be yeah, with, to be to get yourself to that top 10. Try to be that man that women is secondary. Uh, like you, I don't even recommend being in a relationship in your 20s because what it does when men are in a relationship in their 20s, it kind of ticks that box off and then less like, oh, I've got to go to the club every weekend to meet a girl. I've got to sleep with girls. I've got to go on holidays. They kind of tick that box off and focus on a bigger issue. But I always just think, fulfill your potential, whether that's your body, whether that's your work, whether that's with women, fulfill your potential. Don't settle and then you'll be proud of yourself. By so you're, you're saying don't be in a relationship or do be in a relationship. Oh, doing, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I recommend it. Were you in a relationship in your 20s? Yeah, I had, oh. uh, there was one for two years mm -hmm. when I was tw 21, 22. We, then we, I was kind of single for a bit. Then I was in a long-term relationship, 26 to 27. That was the first time I fell in love. Oh, yeah. how'd that go? <laughs> well, great at the time, but then it was like yeah. absolutely heartbreaking when yeah, you it's horrible, isn't it? break up. But I, I think I'm I'm happy to have had the opportunity to experience it. Because mm -hmm. I imagine quite a lot of people go through life mm -hmm. not knowing what love is or what it feels like. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting to have experienced it because it feels like you're you're on a some kind of a drug. Yeah. It's really overpowering. It's really euphoric. But it's also very distracting. Yeah. yeah. I, I, was it toxic or was it healthy? I wouldn't say it was toxic. It mm. was it was long it was a long distance mm. relationship. So I think if anything, that kind of prolonged it because if we had that distance, we were just like so yeah. eager to see each other again, mm -hmm. which probably made that feeling last longer. Ah, uh, okay. So but you it kept was that novelty. Yeah. But I would say, yeah, it was so distracting because mm. when I was with her, when I was experiencing it, I did not care about anything else Aww. didn't care about work didn't care about like, I, I, I pied uh, off all of my friends yeah didn't care about like making money all i wanted to do was just spend all of my time with that Aww. person and then but did you manage to still by the time you got to 30 were you proud of the person you were in your 20s very quickly guys i just want to ask you a quick question are you taking supplements and if you are, do you have any idea if you're taking the right supplements in the right amounts? You see, the more that I discovered about the importance of micronutrient supplementation and the adverse health effects of micronutrient deficiencies, I would constantly ask myself the same thing. I would go into supplement stores, load up on bottles of micronutrients and pop pills daily without really knowing if they were doing me any good or not. That's when I decided to try out Bionic. Since 2021, I've been getting my blood work done with them every three to four months. And once the blood test has been analyzed, they would put together a customized micronutrient formula tailored specifically for me. 
And this would last me for three to four months until I got my blood work done again. And since then, I've honestly never looked back. If you are also serious about performing at your best, preventing development of diseases and maximizing your overall health and well-being, I highly recommend you give it a try. And they've recently introduced Bionic Go, which is a fraction of the price where all you need to do is just fill in a questionnaire online without the need of a blood test. If you want to find out more or give them a try, head over to bionic.com, but you can use my exclusive referral code BQMikeThurston for a discount on your first order. Let's get back to the episode. Mm, I would say so, yeah. yeah but I mean, lot, right? I think the problem... When I was in my 20s, I didn't have all these people to look up to and listen mm. to. Mm. Like we're at a point in time now where there's so many people doing podcasts. Yeah. There's so much amazing information yeah, being put out lucky. there by very experienced guys and girls mm. that you, uh, if you just put the time and effort just to listen to them, yeah. you're already in a position you where you, yeah, you, mentors. you yeah. just don't have to make those mistakes. Yeah, I think, I feel like, you know, when I was in my 20s, we're talking like 10 years ago or more there was very few people offering that advice. So I had to kind of figure a lot out yeah. by myself. And were you already on a million followers when you turned 30? Were you already like quite a subscriber? 20... No, I think it happened when I turned 30. Uh, when I was 29. 29, okay. Okay, Great. amazing. Be proud of that. Yeah, but then yeah. it's... You can't get too overly obsessed with the followers and numbers. Well, it, it translates into um, connections and brands and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's not the number that's so impressive. It's what comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. So you were happy with that? Yeah. Oh, good. I think the what made me the most happy was getting to a point where I was earning a certain amount of money per yeah. month. And then you're just like, whoa, like, okay, this is cool. Feels good, right? Yeah. Is it fun being rich? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely it prefer it to be, be poor. It must be fun, but what's, right? It, it, what is interesting is once you reach a, a certain threshold of income, mm -hmm. anything above that, it's not going to provide you with that much more happiness. Yeah, you're not going to do anything more. Like all it. you end up doing is what you, you want to get a fancier car, you want to get a fancier apartment, yeah. you want to just buy pointless yeah. things. But you, but if you're a bad decision maker, all you do with more money is make more bad decisions. But if mm -hmm. you're a good one, it just you know, it doesn't really do anything after a certain amount. What are you can do with it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think um, what I what I did go through a phase where I put in the effort and the hard work, and my life wasn't really that exciting mm -hmm. didn't do that much then when I turned 28 29 I started to really enjoy it okay so I kind of took my foot off the pedal mm -hmm. enjoyed life for a couple of years yeah and that ticked off boxes I did things which I wanted to do a lot of the things which I thought were going to be amazing mm -hmm. they were amazing for a very small period of time <laughs> then they got boring and I didn't okay. want to do it anymore okay so then I I just came back to almost that same person who I was when I was grinding in so the beginning. you pretty much experienced a lot of life in your 20s. Yeah. And so what's the next step? What would you like to do next? I think at this point, next few years, I want to just fulfill my potential in terms of what I can do with growing businesses, making money, mm -hmm. social media, providing value. Yeah. And then obviously, eventually, I'd like to start a family. Inshallah. Yeah. Aww. But, well, I'm 32 now. Yeah. Is there a right age to start? Any age is a good age. Mm. Any age is a good age. Every every age is a good age for children. The thing is, as long as you give them the love they need. But I know my life will change quite drastically. 
Maybe and it's I, not I, as I, much as it is, but yeah. It does, it, I'm enjoying being yeah. extremely selfish and enjoying my freedom right now. You know what it is? Um, every man I know that has kids, they obviously enjoy being selfish and having their freedom, but um, they feel like the life before kids was nothing in comparison. Really? Yeah, they just say like, oh, it's a different level of joy. I know footballers who've scored in the World Cup and they'll say to you, yeah, but you know when you have a baby and mm. you know, or when you walk in and uh, the baby runs mm. to you, they're like, that's a different feeling. And I'm like, but you've scored in the World Cup. And they're like, I know, but it's a different feeling. So it is, you know, yeah. it's mean, something it's a, you would love. It's a huge life experience, yeah, which I don't want to miss out on, yeah. for sure. But I think it's important to get yourself into a position where mm. you can provide for them and also be there for them. Yeah, yeah. And I would say I'm probably at that point now. Sure. But I just need to make sure that, you know, the, the one of the biggest decisions you make in your 30s or later mm. life is who... You're yeah. going to have kids with. That Biggest is the thing that for a is man. such a huge, for, especially for a man. For women, we can almost hide behind the fact that we know we'll have the baby if worse comes to worse. You know, mm-hmm. the laws favor us. But for a man, oh, it's soul destroying. I've seen people who've gone straight into depression because they can't access their own child. But a stepdad mm. who is not, who's probably on a, uh, who might be anything can sleep in the same bed as their child and it's just soul destroying so the choice you make with who you lie down with is incredibly important and it's it's, i feel like it's probably going to be more difficult for me because i have more choice yeah so even i might be with someone who i think maybe this is the right person Mm -hmm. but then i might think well maybe there's someone better and like like you were saying the girls that are the ones that you like might be a bit intimidated by your status mm-hmm. online so it is a little bit harder but you'll definitely find it have you easy got, have you got kids? no i wish i'm praying i'm praying one yeah one day inshallah that's the goal that's the goal <laughs> when i when i'm less crazy yeah. uh that that's the goal that's a dream yeah what's, what's next for you uh kids, kids i think kids yeah. are the next thing work-wise do, i do, do love we, it but we, we were speaking about um maybe not lack of female role models yeah you are the female role model that <laughs> do you think women so? need. Do you yeah. think so? Why do you say that? Because you 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 switched on and you have a lot Aww. of value to offer. Aww. And I think there's just there's not many, particularly on YouTube, you mm. just don't see many women like you. So I I would 100% recommend starting your own channel. You think so? Yeah, just doing like you know what you're doing on Instagram, but yeah. just extended, extending clips. versions of maybe that. even conversations like these. Yeah, because the thing is, I, I've always my whole life just wanted to be a mum, but as I've gotten older, I'm trying to think that maybe my purpose is a little bit to spread this message a bit, mm-hmm. give a voice to that new, that kind of unheard. Mm-hmm voice and then start a family because maybe on a global scale people need to hear something slightly different because the voice is very divisive it's either Mm -hmm. feminist or you've got the red pill there is no like how do we create a home Mm -hmm. in between and that's why i really want to debunk both sides of that because it's not healthy for children and children don't have a voice and so we as adults have to teach adults how to be good parents and we can't do that if we're saying oh she's a hoe and he's this and Mm -hmm. men are trash and women it, it doesn't doesn't lead to healthy homes. So. And there's, there's a lot of red pull stuff out there. And even I'm, I was getting worried. I was like, I don't want this podcast to start going down <laughs> that route. What were some of the most uh, scandalous things that I can try and debunk? Oh, you have to read his book. Absolutely not. Yeah, you have to read the book. I would rather eat carpet. <laughs> I'm not going to read his book. That would be an insult <laughs> to my brain cells. I think it was just the way he was going on about how women are... Prov- technically adding less value in society so they deserve less out of it that's very 
generalized. How, how, they, it, how they define value is like, we build the infrastructure, we build the yeah. roads, we build this and that and the other. And it's just like, but that's not society. Society yeah. is also who teaches children how to eat, mm-hmm. who teaches children what time to go to bed, who teaches children what, like, they don't look at life through the lens of a child. Mm-hmm. And that's the, not the person who you should listen to advice from. Listen to the person who understands what children need from a mother and what children need from a father. I've heard some red pill talk say, you know, children don't need a father to be present. They just need a father to come once in a while, give them an inspiration and then go. But that's not true. Mm-hmm. Women don't need, especially girls, they need a consistent father figure. They need a father that they can call when their car tire is flat. They don't want a dad that just comes every once a month just to inspire them. They need someone that makes them feel safe and nurtured. Otherwise, she will find a man that does it. Mm-hmm. She will find a man that does it and it leads to promiscuous women. So don't teach men to be emotionally distant. Teach them to love women, not to just give them less. That doesn't create healthy daughters. Well, that's your first YouTube video idea. (laughs) Reviewing that book. Absolutely not. Because what if somebody reads it? (laughs) No, but like that would that would be a great video. Because you need to do a conversation with Myron at some point. Myron impression for you. You need an opposing point of view. You need to be that person who debunks. Yeah, and was there anything else that I should debunk on that? Yeah, there was a lot. That's why you need to read it and review it. I can't read that book. You can. My brain, I, I can't dishonor my brain by reading that book. But I'll try and listen to yeah. bits and bobs of it. I will try and listen to bits and bobs. But what I would say is when you're consuming content as a man, if you leave the content feeling more angry and negative about relationships rather than inspired on how to make it better, stop watching mm. it. Stop watching it. Just stop. Men and women, if you are a woman watching a podcast and you're thinking men are trash at the end of listening to it, stop listening to it. Listen to something that is thinking, this is how how I'm going to build a home. This is the type of mother I want to be. Children are really inspiring. I know they're tiring and horrible and annoying, but I really do want to add that value to them. Yeah, because I think a lot of the time when there has been podcasts yeah. and female guests on podcasts, they are literally the worst representative oh, of the female population. Absolutely. I'm like, really? like, like the, These are the women that, that are going to be the voice. Yeah. Does it scare you about the next generation of children? Oh, yeah. I think they're... Well, first of all, social media is going to turn their brain to mush. They have no mm. attention span. But I don't like the idea of everyone being so soft, particularly yeah. men just mm. being really soft. Soft and easily offended yeah. and e- and so sexualized. Yeah, because so, I, I grew up at school and we all used to make fun of each other so yeah. much. And I think that's what kept me grounded. Yeah, like even like, I mean, I grew up in an environment when I used to teach in London and stuff. They would even make racist jokes, but they was coming from love. Like I could actually yeah. see that they're actually making fun of each other in a soft way. But now it's just everything is so, so hyper uh, sensitive that your children are losing their ability to not take themselves seriously. Mm-hmm. You have to go through life not taking yourselves too seriously. That's how you build mental health. But if you take everything so seriously and become so personalized, you it's a recipe for disaster for your mental health Mm. so it is damaging unfortunately but there's no stopping it so where can everybody find you on social media at Sadia Psychology both on Instagram and TikTok and then you can find like lots of advice and podcasts and all that stuff there and if any of you guys are in a relationship and you need some yes. assistance or you're having some issues <laughs> anything I am the person to ask <laughs> yeah, I am the person so please you can contact me for one-to-ones as well at any point yeah. awesome Amazing. thank you thank, thank you very you. much no thank you thank you for having me I really appreciate it I feel very very honoured to be the first woman on this get- so thank you so much you did a good job thank you we'll speak soon for sure Thank you.